Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Man, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, I think this goes with what God put on my heart to do. You know, I, I guess I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. God's been speaking to me a lot recently about the value of his presence and uh, being with him. And uh, it's funny, Dad came up to share because we were talking the other day about this and just sharing some things that God had been dealing with me about and how we can get so used to what we think we need to do for God that we forget that our greatest call is to be with him. You know, that he's, he's not impressed by what we do for him. He's really not. What he's pre- impressed by, you know what moves God? Is a heart after him. We can do a lot of things. We can jump through some hoops. We can have some great careers. We can have great ministries. We can do all kinds of wonderful things. But that still doesn't move him. What moves him is when someone loves him unconditionally and will abandon everything for him. I hesitate to say things like it doesn't move him when people come to church because then people think coming to church doesn't matter. But I'm just saying coming to church alone doesn't impress God because that's not what he's after. He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. Uh, Let's open the Bible and see what he says here. Let's go to, uh, amazingly, Exodus chapter 33. Devane had no idea that I was not only giving a text out of Exodus 33, but I was preaching out of Exodus 33 today. So if Devane read out of there, then I know I'm hearing from God. Praise the Lord. You guys doing okay? Jesus, I just invite you to have your way right now. We just strip off every um, church expectation. We want to strip away all religion and we want to make room for a living God who wants to do living things. So Lord, I just give you the floor and however you want to talk and whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do in the time that we have, that you get the praise and glory and You get all the focus. Lord, I pray that it be more than just coming. I pray that it be encounters with you that change us. So I love you, Jesus, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Exodus 33, this is the uh, instruction, I guess, of God speaking to Moses, and he told him to leave uh, where they were and go to the, get out of, you know, brought out of the land of Egypt, and he said, I'm going to, go before you into the promised land and we're going to drive out all the enemies and all the Canaanites, Amorites and Hittites and Perizzites, Jebusites, all those. And we're going to go to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And, and, uh, but something was, and I may not have this on the screen, so I'm jumping in this different. Verse three is, is I think a very sad statement. It says, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey for I will not go up in your midst 
lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. How many, how many likes God to call you stiff-necked? God's always sweet and kind, and, but he says, I, I can't even come up to you in your midst or I will consume you because you're stubborn. You're stubborn people. You're, you're prideful. And he said, if I, in the holiness of who I am, come up in the midst of you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow you up. So God says, go ahead and go to the land that I promised you I'm just not going to go with you. Here's a test, I think, for all of us. Are we satisfied with what God wants to give us, or do we really want God himself? Sometimes people are satisfied with the blessings of God and having God in his presence, and that's just extra. But if you will give me the job I want, the spouse I want, the career I want, the whatever, I'll take all the blessings of God. And if I have the presence, that's great. But if not, then that's no big deal. So here was the test. Go up to the land. I promised to you. It wasn't something that they were taking for themselves. God said, I promised you this land. Now go ahead and take it. I'm just not going to go with you. Because in the condition you're in, if I come, it's not going to be good. So it's better for you if you just go ahead and I don't go with you. So some people might say, cool, let's take the land. Kind of like what Devane said. Were you preaching this morning? Why don't you just go ahead and come up here? He was great. Verse 4, and when the people heard this, what kind of news? I'm reading out of the New King James. I don't know what version you're reading out of, but it says, when the people heard this bad news, what was the bad news? I thought he said, go take the land flowing with milk and honey. He said, go, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, this is good news, right? Why is it bad news? Because he ain't coming. What if in the church too many times we got satisfied with services flowing with milk and honey even if he wasn't there? What if we got tried to build structures and services that were flowing with milk and honey, had all the pizzazz, had all the stuff, had all the glamour, had all the glitz, had all the performance, had the best singers and had all of that. It was fantastic, but he wasn't there. Which would you rather have? They called that bad news. If I've got a great job and I make a lot of money and I don't have any worries in my life, but God's not in your life, is that bad news or good news? I mean, it's a rhetorical question, really. I know that's the right answer in church, but I hear a lot, you know, when I talk to uh, young people or talk to people coming up, they, they talk a lot about, man, I want to get a job and make a lot of money. I'm going to make a lot of money, make a lot of money. I'm going to be rich. My spouse is going to be rich. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Elisha, preach to me, brother. And again, I'm not hating on having lots of money. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's wonderful. But he says... If you only want the things from me and you don't want me, you're going to be empty. You're going to keep chasing 
running on that hamster wheel. And there's certain things in your life money can't buy. There's certain things in life that positions and status and whatever, it won't fill the gap. It won't fill the hole. You'll keep trying to stuff stuff through there and put it in there and try and fill it up and there's a hole in the bottom. It just keeps dropping out. You're putting into a bag with holes in it, Hosea said. It's because you're trying to fill a God-sized hole with stuff that's not God. And he's telling us here, he said, listen, uh, you can have what I promised you. I'm just not going to be in it. And the people began to mourn. This is horrible news. They're in the midst of a desert. They're wandering around a wilderness for 40 years. Their whole purpose was to get to the promised land. They're on a journey going to the promised land. They're encouraged every day about milk and honey. Everything's getting them focused towards that. And finally, God had enough of their stiff-neckedness And he said, you know, because what what was happening in the wilderness? I'm just thinking about this. They come out of the wilderness. He brings them through a big body of water. Pharaoh's trapping them. He splits the water. They walk across on dry land, get over on this side, and then Pharaoh comes across. He brings the waters back, kills all of them. That's pretty cool. Then they started complaining about being thirsty. We're out in the desert. Why'd you bring us out here? We're going to die of thirst. So now Moses strikes the rock and water starts coming out. Gushes of water to give enough to drink for over 2 million people. That wasn't a puddle. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of water. Then they said, well, we're hungry. We're hungry. So he causes bread to fall from heaven and just be on the ground every morning that they can just walk out and pick every day. You'd think that would satisfy them. Then they said, we are sick of this bread. Do you see the stiff nakedness yet? Not nakedness, nakedness. In the South, it's kind of hard to distinguish between the two words. But it's, he's talking about so now he's okay. You want, we want meat, Lord. I love it. Carnivores. Give us some meat. He said, all right, I'll give you all the meat. So he starts bringing in quail. Not, not like, shout a good covey. I'm not talking about that. Dave knows how to fire, fire some coveys. He brought in quail to feed over 2 million people. How do you do that? I have no idea. I mean, where do they come from? Is he breeding them that fast? I don't know what's happening. But he's just bringing in quail so much so that he said it's like it was coming out of their noses. They were sick of it. I'm just painting a picture. Everything they asked for, God gave them. They whined. They complained. They were bitter. Moses goes up for the mountain for just a little while too long. And they said, what happened to this guy? We don't know what's going to happen to him. You know what? We need a God. We need a God to worship. Aaron, here's all of our jewelry. Put that in the fire. Let's make us a cow to worship. Brought you through the water, gave you water to drink, gave you manna, gave you quail, and now you want a cow to worship. Stiff neck. How different are we when God does things for us over and over 
and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and over and we still want him to show us something. Lord, if you'll just do this for me, then I'll give you my whole heart. Which this are you talking about? How many thises are there before you're finally going to give your heart to me? Just one more, God. One more thing. God got so frustrated. He said, you know what? Have your land. Have your land. Go on, take it. That's what you want. You just want stuff from me. Go ahead and have it. I'm going to stay here. How many times are we faced with that same thing where we're like, I'm valuing what God blesses me with more than the blesser? Because he says, for the Lord had said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. I, I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now, therefore, take off your ornaments. Ornaments are not, don't think Christmas ornaments here. We're talking about jewelry. That I may know what to do to you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. Look at verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And he called it the tabernacle of meeting. I want to stop there. Notice what Moses did. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp. Where did he pitch it? Outside the camp. That means away from. Away from the camp. Camp means, represents where all the people were, all the hustle and bustle. He pitched his tent outside, away from everyone else, far from the camp, far from the normal things going on, far from other people. He took this tent away from everyone else, away from the normal hustle and bustle of life, and he pitched his tent way out here. And what did he call this tent? He called it the tabernacle of meeting. Here's what I feel like God's saying to us. He wants to meet with us, and it may need to be outside or far from your normal everyday activities. Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was there alone. Jesus regularly got himself away from his phone, from email, from the hustle and bustle of everything going on. He got away and got alone so he could be with God. If Jesus did that, how much more should we? Why are we stir-crazy in our mind? Why is it such a challenge for us to sit, and be still before God? How many of you, like me, I'm just going to walk around down here. I'm going to need this, though. How many of you, like me, struggle keeping your thoughts focused if you just sit down and try and concentrate on Jesus for a while? 
like me. I'm going to speak for men because I'm not a woman. I'm not making this to say we're, we're different, but I'm just saying I can only speak from my own experience. We struggle sometimes in staying focused and not letting our mind wander and sit quietly because we're thinking about all the things we need to do. It may be the very same with women. But I'm just saying some men, I won't say all, some have a sense of if I'm sitting doing nothing, I'm wasting time. I want to submit to you what God is submitting to me that we're wasting more time by doing things he didn't ask us to do than we are by sitting and listening to him. We're wasting a lot of time doing because he never asked us to do it. We get busy, I need to do this, I need to do that. There may be good things, I need, to, I need to go here and there. And God's saying, why can't you just sit and love me? I need to do things for him. I mean, I, I said that, it was five minutes. I got to get up, got to do, got to do. No, he's saying, listen, I, Moses set aside the tabernacle meeting far from the people. Now, let me give you, the, I need to go up for this part, I guess. The word tabernacle. The word tabernacle is a word used for a tent or a covering, but here's what it meant, a dwelling place or a habitation. So when he said he called it the tabernacle of meeting, he called it the dwelling place or habitation of meeting. Stay with me. So Moses pitches this tent far outside the camp, away from everybody else, and he calls it the dwelling place or habitation of meeting. The purpose of this whole structure that he built was to be a dwelling place or a habitation. Let me read you what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. In whom you also are being built together for purpose, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You and I are being built together for a dwelling place of God. You are to be a tabernacle of meeting. Your life is supposed to be uh, your temple. The Bible also says this, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? So we are, our body is a temple of Holy Spirit. And he's saying we are designed, created to be a dwelling place. Now let me give you meeting, the word meeting. So if tabernacle means dwelling place or habitation, what does meeting mean? Meeting means an appointment, a fixed time. I like this part. A particular time that has a purpose designated by an authority. Let me read that part again. A particular time that has a purpose designated by an authority. Who is the authority designating the purpose of the meeting? I want you to think about that. Moses builds a structure, calls it a dwelling place or a habitation for a particular time and a particular purpose designated by an authority. Stay with me. So now... He's saying this place is a place to dwell, 
It's a place of habitation. It's a place for a particular time and purpose that's designated by the authority. So my question is, who is the authority that designates the purpose of that meeting place? It's not Moses. I'm connecting it that we've created tabernacles of meetings called churches. That the purpose, the original purpose of the church was to be a dwelling place or a habitation. And it's supposed to be a dwelling place or a habitation with a particular time, Sunday, Wednesday, whenever, particular time and a particular purpose designated by an authority. What's the purpose? Who's the authority that designates the purpose of why we gather? It's not us. But what happened? I think originally this was meant to be a place for people to encounter God. But oftentimes church became a place for people to meet people and merely talk about God. I'm going to say it again. Originally a tabernacle of meeting. This is what church was supposed to be. A place for people to gather and meet and encounter God. But instead, it became a place for people to meet people and talk about God. Need a third time. Tabernacle of meeting was set off far from what was common, what was familiar, what everybody else thought was normal. It was set off far from that. And it was a dwelling place and a habitation that I'm going to go there with one purpose. Moses said, I'm going to go to that tent with one purpose, and that is to encounter and meet with God. Why did you come to church today? Why do we come to church every Sunday? Do you come to see people? I've had people tell me this all the time. Well, I'm going to go there. I just got a lot of friends there. I got a lot of friends a lot of places. Where's God? I'm not saying he can't be in other places. Don't get me wrong. He, he absolutely can be. But I'm just saying, what am I making? Why, why did I walk in the doors? If I walked in the doors to see you, I've got it twisted. Oh, that sounds bad. Sounds like you don't appreciate your people. We won't come back. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we gather to encounter him, and he designates the purpose of why we gather. Well, I come because I want you to speak. I want you. What if he doesn't want to do that? He's the designated authority that determines the purpose of our gathering. Well, I like to sing, and then I like to go to this, and then I like for you to preach, and then I like to be out so I can go home. Got the wrong authority. We're, we're not supposed to be the authority to determine the purpose of the gathering. He's the authority to determine the purpose of our gathering. And I just felt God saying to me, Chad, I want you to gather around me because I want you to know me. I want you to choose me over the milk and honey. I want you to choose me over whatever your milk and honey is. I don't know what it is. I've got my boys drinking milk right here in the front row. What is it? What is it that's your milk and honey? Friends, acceptance from friends, athletics, job, 
income? What's your milk and honey? There'll come a time when we keep pushing God aside and he'll say, okay, okay, have your milk and honey, have your milk and honey, but I'm not going with you. And he's going to say, he's going to want to know what's your decision. Are you going to be like, sweet, I've got it. Or are you going to go, that's bad news. That's bad news, God. If you're not in it, I'm not going. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.